feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Members of the GOP in trouble. It really wasn't a great start. Uh, if you watch what was happening in the halls of Congress, welcome to the Rita Cosby show tonight. Is this maybe a sign of GOP chaos? Because you look at the fact that they had three votes for the new House Speaker. We know that Kevin McCarthy was by far the leading candidate, but with three votes that took place, he didn't move any any of these other guys, especially those on the Freedom Caucus, that say, well, they're upset because of all the spending bills that were passed. They're upset about a whole bunch of different things. And by the way, I think some of the things that the Freedom Caucus members are upset about, I think, are definitely justified. I mean, you heard a number of them say, listen... These bills should never have passed. They're sort of indicative of the whole D.C. swamp. And I think a lot of them actually make a really powerful point. On the other hand, it doesn't send a good message to America if you are the new majority and you have a very, very slim majority. If within the first few minutes you can't come to a cohesive mission on who's going to be your House Speaker. It was clear that Kevin McCarthy was the leading candidate And I do think that he needs to listen to some of these other people. Clearly, it's got to be something that most of them feel comfortable with. But if you look at the numbers, the three votes, he handily is in the lead. And is this the right message to send to the American public on basically your first day of office that you can't even come together? And does this basically send a message that investigations may be very difficult. Maybe anything is going to be very difficult with this GOP Congress, because if they can't even come together as a party, how are they going to go up against the Democrats? And so I hope at some point that they come together pretty quickly. You know, you can have one day of debate or you can have even two or three days of debate. But after a certain while, the American public is going to go, this is what we elected. They wanted the GOP to take over the House to have a bit of a divided government, to have checks and balances, not checks and balances within their own party. They wanted to at least have some sort of a cohesive message. And if they can't figure this out, it doesn't bode well for investigations on the border. How are they going to get a consensus if they're trying to issue subpoenas? How are they going to try to get a consensus if they're basically going to try to maybe push for an impeachment of even somebody like Health and, you know, uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. How are you going to be able to do any of that? Does this just not bode well for the GOP House? And should they kind of hurry up and get their act together to send a message to the American public that they want to get down to business? I do like the idea of them challenging the swamp because there is a lot of swamp still in the GOP. So I actually think it's a worthy debate in a lot of ways, but somehow they also got to figure it out to come together because the last thing you want to do is have a Democrat be the Speaker of the House. Can you imagine if Hakeem Jeffries of New York ends up being the Speaker of the House because he ends up getting more votes? Is it time for somebody else to maybe run for Speaker? Or do you think McCarthy could 
maybe have some, you know, come to Jesus discussions with people in his party and ultimately prevail. Where do you see this going? Or do you think it's time? Some people are even throwing out the name, not only Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise, even though both of them say that they back McCarthy. Uh, there have been reluctant House speakers in the past who said they didn't want it and then they got picked. You think of Paul Ryan, I think John Boehner also. Uh, you look at all these different moments. So maybe they may end up being House Speaker. But also another name that's come out in the last 24, 48 hours is Lee Zeldin. Because you don't have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. That's why even some of you were talking about Trump being a House Speaker. Remember at one point? Because can you imagine that leading the investigations? You know, boy, that would be interesting. But there is also talk of maybe Lee Zeldin, who, as you know, came very close to being governor of New York. And now he's trying to sort of, okay, will he be head of RNC? Will he be this? Will he be that? That could actually be an interesting choice because both sides seem to like him. He did a great job as, of course, the candidate running up against Kathy Hochul. I thought he did a blockbuster job in the debate. And he also is very much true to his values. Um, I like his position in terms of fighting crime. Uh, he'll definitely go full throttle on investigations against Hunter Biden and also investigations of the border and COVID and all these other things. Maybe we need somebody like Elise Zeldin to come in, somebody from the outside. Is there somebody else that you think would be the best House Speaker? And how bad do you think it looks that they're just all over the place tonight? Um, the good news is, so far, George Santos hasn't been sworn in. And I say that because, boy, that guy has more baggage than, like, Delta and Southwest. I'm telling you, that guy has so much baggage. And there's so many things that are coming out now. Even now, uh, the country of Brazil, where they say there is an embezzlement charge, says it's going to maybe revisit some of the embezzlement charges against George Santos. So, so far, he hasn't been seated yet. And we're going to talk about that later on in the show. But don't you think it doesn't look good? It doesn't send a message to the American public. If you can't even work within your own family, how are you going to work against another family? 1-800-848-9222. Here, first off, is the House when they broke after three votes, three votes, and no speaker chosen. Take a listen. No person having received the majority of the whole number of votes cast by surname, a speaker has not been elected. For what purpose does the gentleman from Oklahoma rise? I move to adjourn until noon tomorrow. The question is on the motion. All those in favor say aye. All those opposed, no. The ayes have it. The motion is adopted. The House stands adjourned until noon tomorrow. So can Kevin McCarthy rally the troops between now and noon tomorrow? Or is a new name going to emerge? You do think it's just time after three votes. By the way, in the 1850s, they had 133 votes. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I mean, it has been a long time since there's been these multiple votes. Uh, but three votes so far uh, kind of pales compared to what happened in the 1850s in American history. So it could go on quite a bit. I don't think it's going to go on that long because I think they know they got to get down to business. And, boy, there's a lot of business that they got to get down to. By the way, Kevin McCarthy was asked, 
it, would he consider stepping aside? And he said, heck no. Take a listen. Are you going to stay in the race, Leader McCarthy? You're not yes. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So should he? And does he need to? Or do you think he's going to be able to pull this House speakership out? Uh, you look at some of the history in the past. Like John Boehner wasn't supposed to be chosen. Again, I brought up Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan said he didn't want it. Same thing as sort of Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. Uh, and yet they sort of got voted to it. I was watching Lauren Boebert earlier tonight on another show. And Lauren Boebert basically said, you know, yeah, I know that Jim Jordan doesn't want it. But if an American's called to serve, uh, then he may be called to serve. Whether he wants it or not, he will step up. Uh, George Washington was reluctant. So may Jim Jordan be. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is how Steve Scalise said it, because he said, we got to hurry up and get down to business because, boy, there's a lot of investigations to do right away. Take a listen. Last year alone, we lost over 100,000 young people to deaths from drugs like fentanyl because we have an open southern border. Everybody should be appalled by that stat. The fact that more than 100 of our youngest, best and brightest kids are dead in America because of the fentanyl coming across of our open southern border. These are drugs made in China coming across our southern border and brought into every community in America. And it should stop. It has to stop. But it won't stop until either the president takes action, which he won't, or we pass legislation on the floor to fix those problems. But that doesn't start until we elect Kevin McCarthy as our speaker. So, in other words, we cannot get down to business until Kevin McCarthy is in place. So, here is what Congressman Matt Gates had to say. He basically told Kevin McCarthy, according to Kevin McCarthy, you know what, we're not picking you, um, and we might even vote for the Democrat. Can you imagine this? Talk about a uh, political civil war. Listen to Kevin McCarthy recounting that. Last night I was presented the only way to have 218 votes. If I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels, to take over the church committee, to have certain budgets. And they even came to the position where one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, that's not about America. And I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. So who is right, who is wrong? Either way, they got to get it together, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anastasia, line four. Anastasia, your thoughts about what should happen now? Good evening, Rita. Happy New Year, first of all. Uh, And I would like to say I heard that you were saying that they're talking about Zeldin coming in. I will vote for Zeldin hand and feet. Yes, he is a great man for our country, especially when he has all these beautiful ideas of taking care of the things in the border, making sure the fentanyl doesn't come in and kill all these beautiful young men. And our president is not doing anything, unfortunately. He's too busy vacationing. He doesn't care about the American people. If he did, he would have done something already. Well, that's the thing. I mean, clearly, uh, there are so many huge issues. And I think, by the way, that border is like one of the first and foremost. I mean, I think about 
if I'm the GOP, I'm going to want to hurry up and get this done, first off. Uh, that's one. And two, uh, there are a lot of investigations. I would put border probably at the top of the list. I mean, there are so many issues with the border. And the fact our president isn't even going down there, doesn't even want to acknowledge it. Um, and yet, by the way, he's, we're talking about this later on in the show, too, Anastasia. He's planning an anniversary, basically, of January 6th at the White House on Friday. It's like, don't worry about the border. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about COVID that killed millions. But let's do a January 6th. He would do a January 6th event every day of the week. Uh, but this is what the Republicans are fighting against. And that's why they got to get their act together because they're clearly, you know, the Democrats are full throttle, Anastasia. There is no doubt about it. But I agree with you. I think Lee Zeldin, by the way, would be an amazing House Speaker. I don't think Kevin McCarthy wants to give it up quite yet. And, and nor, you know, it's very possible they could work it out. Um, but do you think Lee Zeldin would want it? Anastasia, what do you think? Do you think it's something he would go for or not? I I would say they got to get their act together sooner the better because it looks it's a very shameful thing what's going on like you said if you, if you can't take care of your family how are you going to take care of the other family and believe it or not right now we don't have no time no time we got to get things going Absolutely. Yeah, 1,000%. Anastasia, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Al, line one. Al, your thoughts about all of this, and where do you see it headed, Al? Hello, Rita, to you. Uh, Rita, you know, I wanted to say after three rounds today, uh, Kevin McCarthy wasn't able to gain the votes to become the next speaker. Uh, If tomorrow the situation continues, he has to do what's honorable, step aside, and let somebody else take his place. Uh, You cannot burn out run down the members in the majority right now with this situation. Uh, I would say the likely person to come in and uh, uh, be a consensus builder, but he has to show that he has the fire in the belly, and I haven't seen it yet, is the uh, minority whip, uh, Scalise from Louisiana. But he again, he has to show the members that he wants it and that he has the fire in the belly. So that's what I think will happen. In regards to Lee Zeldin, uh, that would be unprecedented. He's no longer a member of Congress. So I think the likely person they should, uh, you know, uh, compromise, the compromise candidate, I think, should be Scalise. Yeah, and Scalise, by the way, he spoke today. He was really, really passionate. Um, and uh, I would even play Steve Scalise. This is a quote from him. This is cut number eight. Um, and this is what he talked about because he does have some good fire in the belly and boy, um, he is certainly a courageous individual and he's liked by both sides. He does say though that he's backing McCarthy for now, but a lot of people say that until suddenly comes, somebody comes over to you and goes, Hey, you want to be speaker of the house? That's kind of hard to turn down. Here's Steve Scalise earlier today. We know what the challenges are. We've laid out solutions to these problems. It's sad to say these aren't problems that are very hard to fix. Because we weren't in this situation just a few years ago. But if the administration doesn't want to fix these problems, people call on us to do that. And it starts here in the people's house. Let's rise to this challenge. Let's meet the challenges that the American people sent all of us, not just the Republicans, not just the Democrats, but all 434, soon to be 435 of us. We can meet those challenges, but let's start by electing Kevin McCarthy as our next speaker.
So will he stay true to that? What do you think, guys? Where is this speakership headed? And is this a bad sign for the GOP that they can't even pick their leader? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can never go wrong with the land of confusion. Boy, that encapsulates Washington tonight. And Congressman Matt Gates, who says McCarthy should not be House Speaker, he's been one of his biggest critics, uh, explains why. Because he says, listen, if you want to drain the swamp, McCarthy ain't the guy. Take a listen to this. Those of us who will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy today take no joy in this discomfort that this moment has brought. But if you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. <laughs> you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. And then he went one step further. Listen, this is probably the biggest insult for McCarthy ever. We would prefer to have a unity of purpose, but we will not continue to allow the uniparty to run this town without a fight. There's very little difference between Nancy Pelosi and her California delegation mate that seeks the gavel. And we want to change because this town is broken. And this is a person who has acknowledged in Mr. McCarthy that the town is broken, and he has been a part of that process for many years as a member of the leadership. So is it time for a fresh break? Should it be somebody from the Freedom Caucus? You're looking like an Andy Biggs or a Bob Good, Or does it need to be somebody outside? Is it time to bring in Trump? Is it time to bring in Lee Zeldin? Let's go to Stuart, line seven. Stuart, your thoughts about how to break this logjam. Go ahead. Well, Rita, I got to tell you, even if Kevin McCarthy emerges after the 10th or 20th or God knows how many ballots, he's going to be a damaged, weakened speaker. He's going to be exhausted. There's only one clear answer to me. We need someone who is fresh, who can appeal to both moderates and conservatives. And you've said the name Lee Zeldin. He would be fresh. He's untainted. This is where I think we have to put our faith in. And by the way, he knows Congress, too. I mean, that's the other thing. Obviously, he was a member of Congress. He's only been out a couple of days. Right. He's only been out of the job two days. But, 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 But again, I think Kevin, he seems like a nice guy. He's not as bad as Mitch McConnell. But but he's going to be a damaged speaker. He's had too many arrows stuck in him to be an effective speaker. He just has to step aside. Well, and also you wonder if they put demands. They already said, listen, that they could basically remove a speaker with like five votes. Usually it had to be majority. So he's already kind of caved on that. And apparently want to have it that a speaker could be removed on one vote. 
So, boy, he could last like two minutes under the new plan. Uh, and that is a real, real mess, like you just said, Stuart. I mean, that's a big issue for anybody coming in. And they already have, look what's going on. I mean, in the height of all this, they also still have Biden planning January 6th anniversaries. He wishes every day was a January 6th anniversary because he seems to remind everybody about January 6th every moment he has. So they're playing for keeps. They're getting attorneys to fight any subpoenas on Hunter Biden and border. You got to have tough GOP. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, where we honor our great law enforcement and also other folks that are first responders, a powerful story coming from North Haven, Connecticut, where a funeral was held today for Matthias Wirtz. He is a 46-year-old North Haven firefighter who died last week while battling a fire at a home. Hundreds of firefighters, family members, and friends gathered to honor him and attend the funeral today at St. Barnabas Church in North Haven, Connecticut. The stories told really highlighted the life of a man who grew up in that area and was a big fan of soccer. He also spoke fluent German. He belonged to several German clubs. Speaking during the service, the North Haven fire chief described Wurtz's last moments before he collapsed on December 26 while operating a fire engine outside a burning home. He said there was distress in his voice as he responded, Roger, ready for water. That was the last words on the radio. He was hurting, but he wasn't going to say anything to anybody because he knew his brothers were inside the burning structure looking for occupants. He knew that failure wasn't an option, and he was putting everybody else above himself, just what he has done his entire life. He said also the fire chief, he would not want to be called a hero, referring to words, I can tell you that. But I don't know what else to call him at this point. Very, very sad news. And, of course, our hearts and our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody there at the North Haven Fire Department. And, of course, to Officer, to uh, Firefighter Wirtz and also his family. Very, very sad news. And, of course, it's such a great reminder and powerful reminder of just how difficult their job is every single day our first responders, when they go out, uh, they don't know uh, what is going to happen that day. And their goal is to save everybody else, as obviously Firefighter Wirtz was trying to do in his final moments. Well, we are talking, of course, about the chaos on Capitol Hill. I don't know how else to describe it. Kevin McCarthy loses three votes for speakers and 20 Republicans revolt, and including uh, Byron Donalds. Uh, first, there were 19 And usually after the votes come, they kind of come together and they have backdoor meetings and they coalesce. Well, they did a third vote. And on the third vote, they lost one more. They lost Byron Donalds, who just said, listen, obviously, Kevin McCarthy is not going to be able to bring the party together. So they need to go to somebody else. And remember, Kevin McCarthy actually withdrew in the past. And that's how it ended up getting to be Paul Ryan. Remember, Uh, it looked like at one point it was going to be Kevin McCarthy as speaker about 10 years ago. And then he withdrew. Paul Ryan became the speaker, the kind of reluctant speaker. Uh, So now 
Will somebody else emerge? Will Kevin McCarthy be able to pull that out? You know there's going to be some big discussions tonight and some deals being made, backdoor deals, whatever it is, uh, whatever restrictions. Hey, we'll take it on if you – we'll give you this if you make sure you investigate that. We'll do this if you investigate this. If you don't agree to big spending packages, there's so many issues that are on the table. And I think some of the fight by members of the Freedom Caucus – I think there's some of them are noble fights because a lot of these GOP have folded like cheap suits. Remember, they said they weren't going to vote for the spending bills. Well, then that spending bill went through. Uh, the Senate cave, Mitch McConnell was like the worst on this. So where do you see this going? Do you think it's also a bad sign that they start off with not even being able to come together? Is this a sign of a party in disarray? And will they be able to do investigations where they're certainly going to need a cohesive vote? Uh, boy, this could be messy. This is Congressman Chip Roy talking about why he feels it's time to pick somebody else other than McCarthy. Here's Congressman Chip Roy. This place has to change. It has to change. And the change comes by either adopting rules and procedures that will make us actually do our job, or it comes from leadership. And people ask me, what do you want? I want the tools or I want the leadership to stop the swamp from running over the average American every single day. And then he also said, listen, it's the big money spending and it's not putting Americans first. It's putting members of Congress first. I give him credit for saying this on the House floor today. This is not personal. It's not. This is about the future of the country. This is about the direction of the country. American people who are looking at this body and wondering why we can pass $1.7 trillion bills that are unpaid for. They can just slide in $45 billion for Ukraine but not pay for it. $40 billion for emergency spending and not pay for it. 10% increase in defense spending. 6% increase in non-defense spending and not pay for it. And not do a thing except put language in a bill that prohibits our ability to use the money to secure the border. That bill gets rammed through, and we know exactly how it gets rammed through, because the defense world and the non-defense world come together and say, you know what, we're going to cut a deal, and we'll all go to the mics, we'll all go give speeches, and the American people are the big losers. And that ain't a pretty solution. But Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who usually obviously goes with the Freedom Caucus, said she's backing McCarthy. She's been one of McCarthy's biggest supporters. Listen to her. I haven't asked for one thing for my for myself, and I'm the only Republican that has zero committees. So you would think I would be the one in there asking for something, but I haven't done that. But I find out that it's my uh, Freedom Caucus colleagues and my supposed friends that went and did that, and they asked nothing for me. Nothing. That's what I found out in there. I'm furious. She is furious. So where do you see this headed? Is it time to pick somebody outside of the realm? Is it time for, like, Elise Eldon or somebody else to come in who maybe can bridge both sides and look like a fair arbiter and maybe somebody who's happy to take on the swamp, because, boy, that swamp is deep in D.C., and that counts on both sides. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pamela, line three. Pamela, your thoughts about where this is headed. 
This is um, actually a very good thing that's happening. This is not chaos. This is not the end of the Republican Party. This is the new rebirth of the Republican Party. This is a process where they're giving the rhinos a wake-up call after that monstrosity of an omnibus. They're giving them a wake-up call that we're not taking it anymore. Remember, McCarthy threw the conservatives under the bus. You know, when they throw... Uh, us under the bus. They're throwing the American public, the country, under the bus. So this is a uh, a process that has to take place. Now, you know, once you narrow it down, you only have so many to choose from. So now what they'll do is they'll start changing their minds because, you know, they don't want a Democrat to get in there. So they'll start maneuvering. And, And this is a process to put everybody on call that what just happened with the omnibus was a disgrace and that the Republican Party needs to change or they're going to lose registered Republicans. Yeah. And you know what? And and you know what, Pamela, I think your point's a good one. Where do you think it's going to end up? I actually do. You heard what I said. I actually think it's a healthy debate. I think a lot of the comments that they're making are really ones that the American public wants them to make. I agree. But where do you see it ending up? Because after a while, if you kind of keep bruising and, and punching People are going to go, God, this this party doesn't have their act together. Well, the only way it's been in the news a lot, the only way to compare it is sort of like ranked choice uh, voting. What they're doing is narrowing it down. And since McCarthy made concessions. Now, remember, he threw us under the bus a couple weeks ago with the Kanye thing, along with McConnell. We were all thrown under the bus. So they're telling him and he gave up a few things with uh, the removal of the Speaker of the House and the end of proxy votes. That was real important. So that means that McCarthy realizes that he's on call. So if he's picked, I'm not going to be shocked. But So this is a process. It's a very good process. And uh, just watch Mr. Smith goes to Washington and the filibuster. That's what those chambers were made for. The Capitol building and those chambers were made for debate, discussion, and it's not a bad sign when a family discusses things. And wants to change. Everybody knows that the Republican Party is damaged goods. Everybody knows it. It's not a shock. This is actually a good thing. Once you start talking about it and laying it out on the table and saying we're not taking it anymore, it's a very good thing. No, I hear you. I think I think debate is always a healthy thing. Pamela, thank you. Great points. Uh, let's go to Eric. Line four. Eric, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Um, first, first of all, that that uh, that. The reason all this lockstep thinking and, you know, the liberal hive mind is why we had to walk away from the Democrat Party. You know, all that just uh, vote blue no matter who. That's part of how we got stuck with Joe Biden. Okay, so that that said, um, if Donald Trump is supporting um, McCarthy, I mean, that carries a lot of weight. And if he did get through, um, you know, he's not going to be he's not I wouldn't say he's that damaged goods because that, that again, Donald Trump, that's still a lot of weight. You know, no, absolutely. Much, and they've it, had division, be, by the way, Eric, you know that, because remember, McCarthy was kind of critical a little bit after January 6th. Um, and even um, I think it was Trump was interviewed recently about McCarthy and said, yeah, you know, uh, he's not necessarily, you know, always on my side, but, um, you know, at least a good portion of it. And it's Washington and it's politics or whatever. Like, it seems like he obviously he is supporting McCarthy because he wants the party to win and he feels that's the solution what do you think eric where do you think this is going i think i think, I think again whoever it, who, trump is still the kingmaker i'd say it carries a lot of weight like i said i'm a trump democrat as usual we're talking about lee zeldin i voted for zeldin so if, if he was a possibility but i say if 
if Trump and, and all these good people, is some good people supporting McCarthy, and I said it wasn't that close. I was it was close, wasn't it? It wasn't like it was a a gulf of votes that went towards um you know. No, it's close. McCarthy. It's close, but he still and, um, needs a few votes, and they're they're not budging. That's that's the problem, Eric. They are not budging whatsoever. But we'll see where it goes. Uh, thanks so much, Eric. Let's go to Marianne, line five. Marianne, your thoughts. Hi, hi, Rita. This is uh, something that is very uh, unbelievable. The Republican Party is too divided. They should have a serious conversation about the future of the country. We should put the country first, which is about to become a socialist anarchy. If McCarthy, if McCarthy can not get the speaker's position, he should step aside and let them pick another one. Now, in my opinion, Jim Jordan is an excellent candidate. He's a very strong and articulated. I, I listen to every time that he talks, and I believe that he's going to be even more, more tough, and he knows exactly what the country needs. I believe that it's time for a change. Even do you think? I but like do you think it, they're going to get it? I mean, you might feel that way, but do you think it's? Where do you think it's? What's your gut telling you of where it's going to work out? Well, I believe that if, if McCarthy step aside, Jim Jordan has a you know, strong uh, possibility of becoming the one. And if we have this guy there, forget it. Then the Democrats have to be careful because this guy is real tough. Yeah, and like right. Him. No, he is real tough. I, I actually, I think Jim Jordan is such a straight talker and seems fearless. And uh, he actually could be interesting. He's the second choice right now. Um, so who knows? It may end up, if you look at history, sometimes the second choice or third choice are the ones who end up. Um, so if I was a betting person, I don't know where I'd bet tonight. Because if you look at the history, a lot of time, I don't see McCarthy budging. So my gut tells me he'll get it. But who knows? You know, you, you never know. You, you Nobody would have thought he would have stepped out before and then Paul Ryan rises, you know. And once it's done, it, you know, it's uh, sky's the limit. It's hard to turn down if somebody comes to you and says, hey, we have a plan for you to be House Speaker, you know, number two in line for the presidency. Uh, that's a pretty uh, tasty position to be in. Let's go to Stan. Uh, line two. Stan, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, Stan. I'm having a happy new year. I knew awesome. you would, Stan. I am enjoying my day. I know, by, the, the, by the way, Stan, the, the images today, it was very funny. I, oh, I think it was. You, you know, you the look woman at, said When the, you look at the Democrats, they were all gleeful. No, no, no. You know, yeah. and the, Dem, uh, the Republicans were morose. <laughs> hey, that woman, that woman, uh, she made, she quoted Mr. Smith. This was it's a mad, 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 mad world today. And they were looked at like the Keystone Cops. What a bunch of losers these guys are. They can't, and women too. They can't get their act together. I don't care who they make a speaker. They're still losers. And they're never going to get anything done. Nobody's going to come to their committees because the Democrats will pull the same thing they did. So nothing will be accomplished. And one last thing, President Biden and Senator McConnell have a good day tomorrow in Kentucky. He was invited down to promote the new omnibus bill and the Republican and the Democrat definitely wonderful situation. Well, that, well, that was that first off was a disaster, that bill. And second of all, I agree with Pamela that debate is healthy. Yes, it's a mess right now, and it doesn't look pretty. But I think they're going to reach through it, I think. And also, the Democrats talk about all the things. Democrats, they are, uh, you know, Stan, that is so hypocritical of you to say, oh, well, they're going to block this, they're going to block. By the way, the Democrats on the Oversight Committee didn't do any oversight. 
they didn't really call anybody in because they didn't want to do any oversight of themselves. God forbid that they even look in the mirror. They didn't. They never did anything on the border, never did anything on COVID. They gave a free pass. So I say Republicans, hurry up, get it together and go full steam ahead because the American public deserves answers, contrary to what Stan says. But Stan, I love you regardless. Let's go to Peggy. Line three. Peggy, your thoughts. Yes, hi. I haven't heard anybody say that um, the the members that keep wanting to vote for Jim Jordan, don't they realize how important it is for him to lead the Judiciary Committee? That would well, that's 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 a great point. That's why I think that he would be better served being on that committee than being House Speaker, even though it would be good to have somebody at the helm who's sort of galvanizing everybody and overseeing it. But I think him being on the Judiciary Committee, I think you hit it right on the head, is so, so key. Peggy, thank you very much. Let's go to Ann, line six. Ann, where do you see this going? Jim Jordan? Peggy just brought up a great point. Uh, Then he would have to be removed from one of those committees if he's House Speaker. Go ahead. Um. I really do like Jim Jordan. I think he is a major leader. He's straight, honest. He represents, he's he's unbiased. He's just a great guy. And I think that this, what looks so chaotic, is probably a very good thing. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too, Anne. I think debate is is a great thing, and I don't think there's any problem with that. I'm with you on that. Um, let's go to Jerry, line seven. Jerry, your thoughts? Well, I'm, uh, I believe McCarthy's been there too long. He's part of the old guard, even though we – and I did vote for Trump, and I would vote for him again. And Trump's back in but McCarthy. Think, yeah, but I think he's making a mistake. What I think is – Jordan would be good, but Jordan, like I agree with the other person, would be better than judiciary. Now, the perfect compromise, in my opinion, he's a little bit, he's he's not exactly the most conservative, but he is better liked, and he has shown some, he has shown some leadership positions, would be Steve Scalise as a compromise. Right, and that, and by the way, that's what a lot of people are thinking, and it may end up there. Let's go to Ed real quick, line one. Ed, your thoughts. My guess is that the Democrats are going to cave and they're going to vote for um, Kevin McCarthy. Because but wait, the de- wait, the Democrats or the Republicans? <laughs> no, the Democrats are going to cave because Jim Jordan doesn't want the job. And Lee Zeldin is already talking to Goldman and Morgan Stanley. He's not going to move to D.C. So, Yeah, and, and by the way, Lee Zeldin, though, if somebody comes to you, people say that and then they say, hey, would you like to be House Speaker? Uh, that's a pretty amazing position. So uh, if somebody actually came to him and said, hey, we could put it together, we could get the votes, uh, things could change. Uh, but we'll see where it goes, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about George Santos dodging the press, ducking and weaving. And now the country of Brazil says it may reinitiate its embezzlement investigation into him. We're going to take your calls about that. How big of trouble is George Santos in? Uh, and do you think he's going to, he's going to get sworn in whenever the new speaker is? Do you think he's going to be able to make it for two years in Congress? What are your thoughts? Wow, wow, wow. And should he really be worried about this embezzlement charge now going international? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Show, 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 show. 
Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Santos is a magic man. He's got some magical formula to embellish. I'll give him that. He's got the embellishment dust. And as we are hearing more and more, there are more and more protests. And a number of groups are protesting outside of his campaign office in Long Island. He did show up today, by the way, on Capitol Hill. And yet at the same time, He wasn't answering any questions whatsoever. And he was sort of sitting there by himself. Uh, You could tell, like, people just didn't know what to do with this guy. Didn't really want to have anything to do with him, even the GOP. He was just sort of sitting there lonely by himself, walking down the halls, wouldn't answer anything to reporters' questions, um, just trying to sort of make it so he could basically get sworn in, it seems, um, because he knows how tough things look for him. And now things may get a lot tougher. I want to hear your thoughts as to where you think this is headed with George Santos. Should he get sworn in, uh, which could happen in the next day or two or three, whenever the House Speaker is sat, then the incoming members get sworn in. So they're technically not members until they get sworn in. So there's still time. And how bad do things look for George Santos? How much of a distraction and how much of a pariah, basically, is he becoming for the GOP? Is he just like, you know, unwanted baggage out of Southwest, basically, the, the way Southwest has been operating these days? Um, by the way, prosecutors in Brazil are also saying that they are seeking a formal response from Santos now related to a stolen checkbook charge in 2008 after police suspended an investigation into him because they couldn't find him for nearly a decade. So I think things are going to get real ugly real quick for Santos. And I just think it's going to look bad for everybody else in the GOP. Um, first off, here's a little bit of him evading uh, the authorities today. Uh, reporters, I should say, not the authorities, but reporters today. Can you tell us how your first day was, Congressman Santos? Can you tell us how your first day was? Do you have anything to say about all of the allegations against you? Are you confident that you'll be sworn in? So should he be sworn in and should all his embellishments be past history? Let's go to Larry, line one. Larry, your thoughts about Santos. Yeah, I absolutely support Santos 1,000%. I look at this as a divine test of the of the Republicans. Santos did not steal any election, okay? We have to use this as a battering ram against the Democrats. He is clean when you, when you compare it to Biden and Kamala Harris. Okay. But let me ask you, clearly, the guy lied left and right. Larry, stay with us. I want to continue with you after the break. 
and take more of your calls on Santos, 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, members, incoming members of both sides, by the way, Republicans and Democrats, can't be sworn in until a new House speaker is elected within their party, the majority party. And again, we are waiting to see what's going to happen because of all these votes with Kevin McCarthy. And in the meantime, George Santos is dodging and weaving and basically treated like a pariah when he was in Congress today. You can see him sitting there by himself. Uh, the only people around him were reporters who were shouting questions left and right. And now we're getting word, by the way, that the country of Brazil is planning to ask prosecutors basically in America that they're seeking a formal response from Santos related to a stolen checkbook in 2008 after police there in Brazil suspended an investigation of him because they were unable to find him for nearly a decade. They say that he basically skipped the country and never showed up for court hearings. Now, authorities saying that now that they verified Santos's location in New York and now now in D.C., they will make a formal request to the U.S. Justice Department to notify him of the charges. And the prosecutors say the request will be filed upon reopening potentially on Friday of this week. So he could be facing embezzlement charges in Brazil this week. Now, this also comes, by the way, on the day of his swearing-in. This, to me, is really incredible. Here is this guy who is being investigated for a whole bunch of stuff, um, including potential campaign finance violations. They're looking into it. You're not allowed to sell tickets to your swearing-in, if especially if it's done on federal property, which, of course, the Capitol is federal property. So there were flyers all over the place of people trying to get tickets because Santos put out a flyer, apparently, or his campaign did, saying $100 or $500 for tickets to be able to get basically a chance to meet George Santos, as if anybody wants to pay that right now. My goodness, he'd have to pay them, right? But instead, he's saying people should pay $500 to $100, um, and basically then they would get a chance to go see him at his office, see his swearing in, all of this stuff, that is illegal. You are not allowed to basically sell access to a federal location and a federal proceeding, which is also a swearing is a federal proceeding for sure. So that could be also a campaign violation. So that's being looked at. Now you got Brazil. We, of course, know that the Attorney General of New York is looking into him. We know also, of course, the Nassau County New York DA is looking into him. And George Santos just wants to try to get sworn in. You could see he, like, doesn't want to say a word, doesn't want to do anything. He realizes his apology tour was just one of the worst I've ever seen in American history. And it's still kind of astounding that this guy who may be facing charges, some people are even saying, even if he does face charges, say, from Brazil or, say, he faces charges within any of these domestic 
investigations of him? Because, you know, they're not just looking into him for embellishment. They're looking into him for money issues. That is actually a crime. The other's a lie. That's different. But this is a potential crime if there's some campaign finance or maybe the $700,000 loan that he lent his campaign, which is really questionable, too. So we'll get into that in a moment when he said he only made $55,000 that year. So there's a lot of issues here. Um, but a lot of people are saying, well, maybe he should just stay and just ride it out. It's a two-year term. And the way investigations go, by the time they get going, by the time you do your charges back, your file, your attorney gets back, the, you know, it drags on. He could end up serving uh, one term and maybe be in the slammer afterwards, or maybe he's cleared. Who knows where it's going to go? You know, but boy, what a messy, bumpy way to start. And then, of course, as you can tell, every vote counts for Kevin McCarthy. He doesn't want to alienate him. So he's not drawing attention. He's not saying a word about George Santos because he needs every single vote he can get. And George Santos is on his side right now. And he'd rather have a liar and an embellisher and who knows what else uh, on his side for the vote right now than anything else. So where do you see this all going? And how ugly and messy is it going to be with George Santos uh, clearly, everywhere he went today, he was dogged by reporters. Take a listen. Here's a little bit this morning where he just wouldn't answer anything to the press, but they followed him. He was like the most followed member of Congress. Take a listen. Oh, not a word from him. Not a single word. And he says, oh, I just embellish. No big deal. If he has a embezzlement charge from the country of Brazil where he can't basically step foot in the country, you want that person serving in Congress? Someone who's lied about all these other aspects? Not little lies, big lies. And I'm going to get back to Larry in a moment because he says he should stay in. So we're going to get to that. I, I firmly disagree. I think if he had any dignity, he'd leave. I think any of these people who've lied in Congress should leave. And I'm talking about Blumenthal and Warren and all these other people. But that's a whole other matter. But here's Hakeem Jeffries, who is, of course, the Democratic leader in the House of Representatives. And he went full throttle about Santos today. He's not holding back. Take a listen. As it relates to George Santos, he is a complete and total fraud. And the problem is that it's not clear to me that he's simply an exception in the modern day Republican Party, which has been taken over by extreme mega Republicans, as we've seen repeatedly individuals like Herschel Walker as a candidate or Carrie Lake as a candidate. These people are divorced from reality. I mean, that is ridiculous. Herschel Walker and Carrie Lake, putting them in the same category, Carrie Lake as George Santos. And for Hakeem Jeffries to say, oh, this is indicative of the Republican Party. That is such an outrageous statement. When, again, I could go back to Blumenthal, who said he was in Vietnam when he wasn't in Vietnam. And also Elizabeth Warren, who said that she was of the Cherokee Nation when the DNA test showed she didn't have any of it in her. I mean, come on. What a bunch of jokes. And that is why the Republicans got to get their act together, guys, because they got to get ready to fight a really tough fight. 
because Democrats are going to try to spin everything, spin and bob and weave. And that's why I think having him there is an incredible distraction. I think it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And he doesn't even seem repentant. It's like, yeah, I embellished, whatever. Let's move on. Uh, I don't think that that person is worthy of being a member of Congress. What are your thoughts? Here is Nassau, New York, Nassau County, New York legislator, Josh, Josh Laffison, who is leading some of the protests against Santos. Listen to what he said outside his house today. We'll show up to every event that he has. Uh, he will have no safe harbor and no quiet in this district. And yet there are political science experts who say that they think Santos will be able to pull out at least a two-year term. I, I think it's a disgrace, but take a listen to what professor of science, this is political science, Dan Casino has to say. Most Republicans would have to vote with the Democrats to get rid of you, uh, and that's not likely to happen, especially given how narrow Republicans' majority is. So there's not really a downside for him to continue, to try and serve out his term. There isn't a downside, and he seems like somebody who's above uh, reality, so why not try to pull it through in Congress? That, I think, is the philosophy, clearly in his mind. But I think he's got some issues, guys, serious issues. He may have criminal issues, and he definitely has mental issues. 1-800-848-9222. Is he an eyesore that will hang over the Republicans as long as he stays in? If he even gets sworn in, who knows what's going to happen? My goodness. Let's go to Larry, uh, line one again. Larry, you were saying he should stay in, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if this guy, this guy, if he stays in for two years... He will be such a symbol of, of, of what the Democrats are, okay, because his lies pale in comparison to the lies of the Democrats that subverted this country um, in, in 2020. So he will constantly be a symbol of, of, the, of, of who the Democrats – he'll put in perspective who the Democrats really are. But but listen, um, Larry, and, and I know you're talking about election issues um, and, and your thoughts. These are your feelings on election issues. But let me just ask right. you, Larry, do you think the Republicans, first off, uh, you know, uh, two wrongs, do they make a right? That's one. And the other issue is I don't see Republicans. Do, I see a lot of Republicans already saying he needs to go because they feel he's a distraction. So if you're going to keep them. As a symbol of the fight, you better be ready for the fight. And I don't know if I see them ready for that kind of a fight. They can't even get their speakership together. Well, these Republicans, really, this is a divine test. This is the last refuge for uh, Republicans because there's there's a a lot of creepy uh, similarities between George Santos and Donald Trump. I mean, the, the feeding frenzy that surrounds George Santos is the same thing around Trump. Trump shouldn't be president. He used to rape women. He did this. He did that. All this stuff, even if it's concocted. Okay, the point is, I mean, George Santos's resume is concocted. But the fact is the man stands for something, just like Trump stands for something. And by the way, Rita, by the way, Rita, you don't think you should be there. Did you know that John Fetterman was deaf? Did you know he was deaf? That's why he didn't show up for the debates. He didn't tell anybody he was deaf. Why is he allowed to stay in Congress? Well, John Fetterman, by the way, is an enormous issue. I, I that the way he handled that debate, by the way, uh, was just it was he's he's a lot of other things, too. He is so extreme at his policies and that uh, performance in the debate was unconscionable. And, And the fact that they allowed it, Larry, 
the fact that they allowed that debate, and that's a Fetterman choice. He delayed the debate, remember, with Dr. Oz until like the final hour after like 700,000 votes had been cast. He, the issue is lying. Lying is the issue. He didn't tell people he's deaf. Well, just and, and, he's, out. and he's got a lot of issues in addition to that, Larry, too. Other, well, even beyond that. I mean, that to me, I'm not surprised about that because remember he had to use the monitor during the debate and all these other issues. But, but I hear what you're saying. The issue with Santos is he may be facing criminal charges as we're looking at now. I mean, the fact that Brazil is looking at him for, uh, fleeing the country essentially, uh, on embezzlement charges. And now where there could be maybe some campaign finance issues, all of these things, I think, take it to a whole different level. And I hear what you're saying, Larry. Believe me, you heard what I said. Blumenthal, the fact he said he was in Vietnam, that was despicable. Uh, Biden every day says something that's like, hey, Bo died over in Iraq, and he didn't. He died when he came home. I mean, there's a million things I could point out to Biden. I don't even know if he remembers what he said. That's a whole other issue. But this also could get to some huge, serious issues, and I just think he is going to become a bigger and bigger distraction. And if the if the Republicans want to use him as a symbol, they better buckle their seatbelts because the Democrats are already gunning for him and saying he's indicative of the GOP. And you hear crickets from the GOP in response. And that's not that's not the way to fight to your point, too. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to put on your big boy pants and go in for the fight. Um, Larry, thank you, though. Great, great points. Um, let's go to Patrick in Iowa. Line three. Go ahead, Patrick. Hi, Mrs. Cosby. Always nice to speak with you, man. You too, um, you too. Tell me, yeah, tell me what your thoughts are on Santos. It's interesting. From Iowa too, what you think? <laughs> well, a if America prosecuted every politician who lied while not under oath, ninety-nine percent of them would be in prison. No, that's true. He, By the way, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, I mean, they're all charlatans, in my opinion. And the matter I'm down in Portugal. Brazil, 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 Brazil. Yeah, yeah. America has a policy of not sending Americans who committed crimes in foreign nations. We don't give them to that foreign nation. So he's good. He's good for two years. Well, that that could be the case. Sometimes that is the policy. However, there is an extradition treaty between those two countries. And 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 Italy has an extradition. I mean, Italy, some young lady. A few years ago. No, I remember the murder. I remember the case. I know exactly where you're going. I, re- I know. We didn't, we didn't send her. Well, that, that's why I agree. I hear what you're saying, but it still doesn't look good. Don't you think if there's some embezzlement charge in a foreign country and then say it turns out, Patrick, in his case, and we don't know, you know, it could just be a huge slew of lies. It wasn't just one little lie. That's why I take exception with the way he's handled it. It's, it's a slew of lies. But then the other issue is, too, is that they're now looking into him for campaign finance. What does it change? Well, it could be in trouble there. That's yeah, what I'm saying. And that's domestic. There. And that's a domestic issue. If that happens, that's really bad, Patrick, if that comes there. I don't know. I, I'd say if the guy votes right in Congress and he votes conservative, let him go. Wow, you're hardcore, Patrick. Thank you. Really interesting. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. Patrick said, doesn't matter if he lies, cheats, steals, robs, whatever it is. As long as he votes conservative, Patrick will say, go for it. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. I say, I think morals matter. 
1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. for sure today in Congress, except for a slew of reporters who were trying to get a response. And he was like a pariah in chief there. Boy, who could forget this exchange with Tulsi Gabbard and George Santos not that long ago. Boy, she skewered and grilled him like a like a barbecue. The thing is, Congressman-elect, integrity means, yes, carrying yourself with honor, but it means it means telling the truth, being a person of integrity. Of and if I were one of those in New York's third district right now, now that the election is over and I'm finding out all of these lies that you've told, not just one little lie or one little embellishment. These are blatant lies. My question is, do you have no shame? Do you have no shame in the people well, who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington? Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. He's the president of the United States. Democrats resoundly support him. Do they have no shame? Wow. Is that an equal comparison? By the way, depending what comes up with Hunter, George Santos may be looking like a brilliant, honest man. That would be interesting. Who knows where the lead, the roads go with Hunter Biden once they get the bank records and phone records and everything else. So he may be right on that, although today it doesn't look too good for George Santos. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eloise on line six. Eloise, your thoughts about George Santos? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, There's there's no consideration of split personalities and multiple personalities. I haven't heard anybody from psychiatry or psychology talk about this matter. This man needs help, but he doesn't want help. Yeah, you know what, and, that that's and, an interesting point you bring I, up, Eloise, that he does seem to have clearly some mental issues. It was very easy for him to lie, and he seems very unrepentant, too. You have to remember the only reason he admitted it is he got caught by the New York Times, remember, and then others. Um, and then he also said, no, I have no charges in Brazil. Turns out it looks like he has charges in Brazil, according to Brazil. Um, so, I mean, you know, you don't know if you can trust anything, but that's a great point. So I guess is my question to you, Eloise, he needs help versus he needs to be in Congress. Do you, Would you send him to a psychiatrist before you send him back to uh, the chamber in Congress? Go ahead. Psychiatrist. He needs to be in forensic care, but he's but this job is not ideal for him. He would be a good guy to write storytelling, you know, the one where you tell tall whoppers and lies. Actually, you're right. He would make yeah. a really good like, 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 like here's one. It's only two lines. It got so cold that winter. This boy's shadow froze right to the side of his house, and he had to leave it behind. 
<laughs> That's a good one. Eloise, wow, you are better than him. That's even better. I love that. Eloise, you're terrific. But you're right. In all seriousness, I think he does need help. We're going to continue talking about this after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, where we honor our great military and their families, a powerful story coming from North Memphis, Tennessee, where Lieutenant Robert Bedford attended a special ceremony where he was honored with a Tennessee flag that had flown over the state capitol, a centenarian award, and also a specially minted coin from the Tennessee Department of Veterans Services issued to those outstanding people in our community who support our veterans. By the way, uh, Lieutenant Bedford was born in 1919 and at 103 years old, he is almost certainly one of the city's oldest veterans of the 1944 D-Day invasion. As a commander of a landing craft mechanized, the 22-year-old officer ferried trucks and jeeps across the English Channel to Utah Beach, one of the five landing sites along the heavily fortified coast of Normandy. Under relentless machine gun fire from Germans entrenched atop the cliffs, Bedford remembers plucking wounded soldiers out from the waves, carrying them to ships further ashore, offshore, and also bringing more equipment to the beaches, and he did it all day long. By the way, Bedford did return to Normandy in 2004 for the 60th anniversary of D-Day, and thanks to a group called Forever Young, which is a national group headquartered in Memphis that organizes veterans' reunions, he has been back to Europe seven different times. How wonderful to see that he was honored in such a big and beautiful way in North Memphis. Bravo to Lieutenant Robert Bedford and, of course, all of our veterans and especially those of the greatest generation and their families. Well, we are talking about George Santos, who was not sworn in today in Congress because nobody was in the incoming group because they're still debating and fighting over who's going to be the new House Speaker. Now, take a listen, because George Santos continues to take heat. And now we're hearing that there may be more investigations into him. Uh, it looks like there will be one coming from the country of Brazil that may be making a referral saying that he skipped the country after an embezzlement charge. They're going to be sending that to the DOJ. And then also there could be campaign finance stuff. There's some serious stuff here. So it maybe isn't just embellishing his resume. It may get into some criminal activity and it could get pretty ugly quickly. So will George Santos, do you think, be able to serve his two-year term? He might, even if it's legal proceedings, it may be able to go back and forth. But isn't he a distraction? And don't you think the Republicans should say, listen, uh, the minute they have somebody like him staying there, doesn't it send a signal that they would allow a liar in their miss? That's what I think. I just think it looks unseemly, and I think they need to stand up for something. And just because you look at the Democrats – who definitely have had their share of liars, it doesn't mean you want to keep one in your midst, especially if you don't have to. That's my feeling. I just think it is such a burden 
and it weighs down the GOP. And he just sort of sits there quietly. Everyone's going to be filming him, wondering if you can trust anything he says. And, you know, Larry was just saying before and some others of you who called in basically, hey, as long as he votes a certain way, how do you know he's going to vote a certain way? You don't know anything. You can't trust anything with this guy if you question his credibility. And you have to question his credibility because, boy, there's a lot to question. I mean, he lied about his faith. He lied about his family, lied about his bio, lied about where he went to school, college and elementary. Is there anything else we missed? Uh, you know, there's a lot there. So how can you trust he's even going to vote consistent? Is he really somebody of any sort of integrity? What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is, again, him recently with Tulsi Gabbard uh, when, boy, she was grilling him. And this was one of the last interviews he did. Uh, I wonder why. I think he thought, maybe this didn't go well and I just need to shut up. What does the word integrity mean to you? Well, Tulsi, thank you for having me. You know, um, to to answer your question, integrity is very important. And like I I said to the New York Post, embellishing what what does it mean, though? What does it mean? Because the the meaning of the word actually matters in practice. Of course, it it means to to carry yourself in an honorable way. And I made a mistake. And I think humans are flawed, and we all make mistakes, Tulsi. Um, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life we made a mistake. I'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see, and I have the courage to do so because I believe that in order to move past this and move forward and be an effective member of Congress, I have to face my mistakes, and I'm facing them. And he's facing them. Do you really think he's facing them by just ignoring everybody and just kind of walking, acting like, oh, no big deal? That doesn't sound to me like he's facing them. one 800 848 Two, two. Let's go to Sandy in Seattle, line six. Go ahead, Sandy, your thoughts. Oh, yeah, honey. Listen, um, uh, yeah, right. You can't trust him. I mean, he's not, he's not going to hurry. He's not going to help the Republican Party. But I'm going to tell you, I got two little things to, to clear with you also. So he should be taken out because of all of his lies. But the other thing was Jimmy the other night. Boy, he was great. That guy that called in and said that he'd gone to these things. And this is right. This thing is a disease. It's seeping in everything, the schools, the churches, and everything. And uh, and anyway, the by, next by the thing way, I want by to the say- way, Sandy, and I'll let you continue. Just so if folks didn't hear, Jimmy was really interesting because Jimmy went to some of these like sort of underground meetings and was talking about uh, being in these meetings and hearing what they're saying, you know, about uh, kind of you know taking over the country and doing. It was like it was shocking some of the things that he said. Uh, the far left is discussing in these meetings. Uh, but go ahead, Sandy. I, I I always love hearing from Jimmy. He's great. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sandy. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing I wanted to say is the Republicans have, have gone off the rails. They're splitting the party completely. Now they're – I just watched tonight on uh, on C-SPAN that they're voting in a Democrat instead of McCarthy, you know, for the Speaker of the House. Well, they're just – they're uh, saying that as leverage. I don't think they I, – I hope they would never be that stupid to give up the Speakership. Uh, but uh, they're just kind of saying that to McCarthy. In other words, you know, uh, either acquiesce to what we want – or we're going to go to a Democrat, which I don't see any of those people ever going to, well, but yeah. they're saying it. Yeah, McCarthy got like about 205 or 210 votes, and, and this Democrat got 220, so he's ahead. And if he, oh, this this is terrible what's happening. These people, I'll tell you the reason why I'm against, now I'm, no, I'm definitely not a Democrat, but I'm against the Republicans after they turned against Trump. So we need Trump. He can get in there and he can fix all these problems, the border, the crime, you name it. 
and, and then he can get Jim Jordan in there with him and keep McCarthy as speed of the house, and we clean this up in less than a year. Of course, we can't get anything done until after Biden's out of there, but maybe Jordan's going to get Biden out of there with these investigations now. Well, that's why, Jordan's by the way, the Republicans need to – you heard what I said. They need to put on their big boy pants because – uh, they're going for bear, the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats are like going after everybody. And speaking of which, Sandy, um, if you look at what Biden kind of came out with today, they're going to do an anniversary of January 6th this Friday at the White House. Like any time they can bring up the word January 6th or an anniversary at the White House, they're going to be using it to slam Trump again. You could tell they are so worried about Trump. And the Democrats are eating this up, all this division in the GOP, at least tonight. Um, but you know, it's like, what a, it is just a mess. Um, and in fact, I want to play a little bit. Let me play 30B. This is Biden, uh, back in July, uh, because at any chance he has, he, everything is January 6th, January 6th, January 6th, Trump. Take a listen to him. The defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours, dripping in blood, surrounded by carnage. Face-to-face with crazed mob that believed the lies of a defeated president. So, Sandy, I mean, Biden can't get enough of trying to bash Trump, can't get enough of bringing up January 6th. They're going to bring it up at every turn and go, what are you talking about, Hunter? What are you talking about, Border? Uh, everything is January 666. What's your reaction that he's going to do some anniversary at the White House? That's disgusting. Yeah, my reaction to what you just played was a damn lie because he called Pelosi to get the National Guard in there and she said, no, she's the one that should be going on trial. She could have stopped this thing. They keep trying to blame Trump. He tried to turn it over to her. I guess she has power over the United States president. But uh, but the other thing I'm saying about the Republicans, they don't stick together. They turned against Trump. They Now they're turning against McCarthy and the whole thing. And but but the, but the, uh, the Democrats stick together. See, that's like devil and his angels. They stick together to destroy us. But but the Republicans split the party here, there and everywhere. And then nobody can win on the Republicans. Now, see, they just got McCarthy. Uh, it, it's just terrible. If you'd have seen it, you'll see it later. And it's, he's got less votes than this uh, this other guy that's a Democrat. Right, but but it, but I but it's I don't think at this point that's going to happen. Uh, that was the third vote today. There, you know, because there's 20 that are going up against McCarthy within his own party. So he's going to try to rally the the troops to at least get some sort of a GOP House Speaker, whether it's McCarthy or somebody else. Uh, but you're right. It's like like the Democrats they stick together. Everything is January 6th. Trump bad. This the you know I mean it's like anytime they have this. And, boy, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of rhetoric comes from Biden again on Friday, bringing up January 6th yet again. You know, forget the border, forget economy, forget, you know, all these other issues. The only thing that matters to the Democrats is January 6th. So Republicans got to get their act together and got to play political warfare. You know, one 800 let us go to Kevin on line three. Kevin, your thoughts about all of this and also George Santos. Thanks, Rita. Happy New Year. I just want to say, um, you know, um, going back a year now since the Taliban uh, took over Afghanistan, I have a new perspective. When you look at how disgusting this guy Santos' face is, every time you look at his face, how disgusting that is, what it represents, you, you start to have an, a new perspective on why 
those guys in, in Afghanistan weren't buying what we were selling because what they have is actually better. They live like the Amish. They live by their religion, and they see democracy as such corruption. And when you look at Santos's face, you know, here's the now, thing. The only problem I have, you're, are you saying that it's actually better in Afghanistan than in America? I, that that yeah, I obviously, can, that, you, can that, I tell you why? Yeah, yeah, because obviously that, okay. that is a far reach, Kev. I mean, it anybody is, who's living in I, Afghanistan I, I right now has got war. a tough time. I supported the war. I tried to go to Afghanistan. I actually I, I've go. been to By the way, Kevin, I've been to right. Afghanistan, okay. so go ahead. Can I tell you why? Yeah, they, please. Um, they don't have stand order in them around the big sneer on his face. They don't tolerate that kind of, of, of insanity that we do. When they look at their TV, we talk about them. But they talk about us, too. When they're watching TV and they see Chuck Schumer, okay, getting us to pay for walls in Israel and then calling us racist for wanting one wall for ourselves, they feel sorry for us. And they say, thank God our children aren't stooges of the Jews like they are. Thank wow, God. Kevin, Kevin, I'm not sure where the heck you're coming. You had a, a bit of a bit of racist stuff in there. That was explosive. But what I will say, Kevin, is that I'm sure uh, I would rather be in America, even though we're not perfect, any day of the week over Afghanistan or any of these other places. Um, Afghanistan is certainly not a pretty place. Um, we are divided and we are a mess. Uh, but we're a heck of a lot better, even on Afghanistan on its best day. And that's from someone who's been there. Uh, wow. That's an interesting one. Uh, let's go to Mark. Line two after that. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Rita, there's just so many Republicans who are shameful. I listen to a guy who says there are too many Republicans that are secretly Democrats. There are no Democrats who are secretly Republican. And that's what you and Curtis and Dominic sound like and all the Republicans that's calling for Santos's resignation. Why don't we hear any Democrats, and you name me one, who calls for Joe Biden to resign? No, they they, they never do because, because Republicans... So why do we have to do it? Well, I, and by the way, I'm just speaking as an American, Mark. I'm not putting an R or a D or anything in front of my name. I'm just saying I don't think it's, I think he has told so many lies. I think we can't trust who he is, what he is. And I think that there's a lot more shoes to drop in his case. You got this embezzlement charge, apparently. So it looks like in Brazil, you've got now uh, the Eastern District of New York looking into him. You've got Nassau County DA Ann uh, Donnelly, who is a Republican. I mean, these are people within their own party who are saying it. So um, I hear what you're saying, that the Democrats, you're right. To their credit, they stick together. Uh, and they seem to forgive uh, liars in their own midst. And believe me, there's a lot of them on the Democratic side. So I, I agree with you on that. The problem is there are so many here. And he hasn't even been sworn in yet. And there's so many investigations that could get into finances. I just think there's still a lot of questions with this guy. And I think he's going to be a terrible distraction at a time where the GOP doesn't need distractions. I think they got to be laser focused. And I think, look, the Democrats are already hiring attorneys to counter Basically, subpoenas that they expect in the Hunter Biden case, they know what's coming. They know they know how bad this looks and and that these things will be subpoenaed and phone records and bank records and all that stuff. And they're already preparing counter strategy. So do you want anything that will distract from the mission of making sure that justice is served and that we get to the bottom of that? Also about the border, also about COVID, also about the Afghanistan withdrawal, contrary to the loony who just called in. I mean, all of that, don't you think 
that it's important? That that's what I'm saying, Mark. What what are your thoughts? I mean, you think he should stay and no problem? Mark, are you there? We lost you. Mark doesn't have anything to say. I guess I left him speechless. Let's go to Jerry. Go ahead, Jerry, line one. Okay, Rita, here's the basic problem. You and I like everything you say mostly, except tonight I can't agree with you at all or anyone who's thinking to get rid of George Santos for any reason at this point. And the reason is this. You want to do the honorable thing, and I commend you for that. You want to fight a fist fight with fist, like the old days. The Democrats have decided that it's win at all costs, win by any means, by any means necessary. They're willing to come to that fist fight dishonorably, and they've shown it time and time again. Look what they've did to Donald Trump. Look at that FBI in collusion with Twitter and Facebook, going after trying to bring your president down in a, in a coup. So Look at that compared to what you're worried about with George Santos. It's a joke. So don't fight these people honorably because morally what you're going to lose is your Constitution, your First and Second Amendment. You're going to end up with a tyrannical government, one-party system, which is what they're shooting for. It's win at all costs. And if you guys don't start standing up with everybody on everything, and I mean stick to the right to the letter, keep Santos in there and things like that to show these people we're not going to back down on any issue anymore. So don't even send all your press and push the Brazilian government to go after people. Because if you investigated people the way they're investigating Santos, if you investigated Democrats like that or the way the Trump family was investigated, oh, I, my I, God, I, they would all be arrested and Jerry, in jail for sure. I, by the way, I hear you. I mean, I think the Democrats have played so unbelievably dirty. And even like the January 6 hearings, the never-ending January 6 hearings, and then, you know, here's Biden about to do a January 6th anniversary uh, party on, uh, you know, on Friday. I mean, it's like it is. I agree that the Democrats are playing so dirty. The issue is um, that I just feel like he is such a distraction. I, you know, I like when I hear people who've said, um, you know, the issue of, oh, uh, well, if we get rid of Santos, if they're going to pass a new law. You know, who's it? Richie Torres has this new, it's called like the Santos Act, that before people get sworn in, they have to testify under oath that their credentials are authentic. And if they're not authentic, then they don't get in or it could be held, you know, as contempt because they lied under oath. Um, I would contend that they should go back to everybody in Congress to like do it. Uh, you know, let's extend it. If you really want to play that game, Richie Torres, Democrat, it should be to everybody. And I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think I just would like the people in Congress to be honorable and to really uh, be as they project, because I feel like it's a disservice to the voters. Um, but I do hear what you're saying, that the Republicans have uh, have just been getting battered and bruised uh, by unbelievable dirty tricks on the Democratic side. And that's why I also say at the same time, Jerry, that right now they got to hurry up and get a speaker and get going. You know, the Republicans have to get going because there are so many things that need to be investigated. The Democrats didn't do anything on the Oversight Committee. They didn't investigate anything because they didn't want to. You know, all they wanted to do was Trump, 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 Trump. So now uh, it's turnaround time. And there are a lot of things that the American public deserves answers on. And so I hear you and I hear what you're saying. I just, you know, I I wish Sadly, I think if if lying were the standard, there would only be uh, maybe two or three members of Congress left if that were the standard. Sadly, 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show.
And we are talking about George Santos. Should he stay or should he go? A lot of you are saying he should stay uh, based on all the lies the Democrats have said. And also all the dirty politics. So dirty that Joe Biden is planning another January 6th uh, anniversary. It's like he can't get enough of January 6th and going after Trump. He's going to do it again Friday. Uh, and meantime, the GOP can't even figure out a House speaker. Boy, they got to get it together, guys, because there's a lot to investigate. And you better buckle up because the Democrats are going to try to go on the offense versus the defense on so many areas. You can see it already. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Let's go to Joanne on line three. Joanne, uh, your thoughts about all this? Hi, I'm with Larry and Patrick. He should stay. I voted for Santos, and this is my perspective. The only voter remorse I have are all the re- Nassau County Republican backs. What has happened to the uh, Ronald Reagan's Eleventh Commandment backstabbers who, who's doing a hit, Kelsey Gabbard hit job on him? As I see it. He's no, but you know what, Joanne, Joanne, you bring up an interesting point because you're right. The re- the Republicans seem to be divided. You even see it with the House speakership, you know, um, and yet the Democrats, uh, to their credit, they are kind of all fall in line, even if they don't agree amongst themselves. I mean, even when the crazy things come out of their mouths, like uh, from Ilan Omar, I think about and some of these others, some of the things that have been reprehensible where they should absolutely be condemned. Um, they still don't condemn them. They sort of stand together. Um, and that makes it very difficult on the GOP side. So, it, so I hear what you're saying. That's a powerful comment. Let's go to Dom, line four. Uh, Dom, your thoughts about all this, my friend? Yeah, Rita. How about Rita Cosby for speaker? Oh my God. How and, about, how about Rita Cosby saying no? Who would want that job? Yeah, well, would, you know what? Let me hold on just a second. Wait, Dom, Dom, I would do it if you would be co-speaker with me. That would be the, it could be the Rita and Dom show. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. And the, and the campaign slogan should be Rita Cosby, the speaker for we the people. That's what you've been talking about all this time. You know, she puts up with Ted and Larry and Stan and Kevin, but is not afraid to speak her mind on principle. Thank you. Well, Dom, you know what? And you heard what I just said, Dom, that I always consider myself an American first and caring about this country. And whoever cares the most about this country wants to keep us safe, wants to protect us, supports our law enforcement and our veterans. Uh, that's who gets my vote. Your thoughts real quick, Dom. What do you think? And where do you see all this headed, Dom, real quick? You know, we call it the House of Representatives, but there's a rub. Maybe it should be called the People's House, just like the People's Republic of China. (laughs) Good point. And some days we are acting like China, although we're still the best country going, guys. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.